think they wanted to stay and keep singing, and we would have let them, wouldn't we? We're so glad to have our children here today and to sing. It's nice to hear the voices of children, especially around Christmas time. And it's nice to see you. Thank you for being here today and joining us for worship in person. We're so glad to be back together, and uh, we welcome you, and we thank you for being here. And we pray that you feel God's presence in this place as we worship him today. I've, mostly every Sunday that we've been together, we've stood and kind of waved at one another for our greeting time. So why don't you just stand and just turn around and wave at everybody and let them know you're glad they're worshiping with you today. been in the season of Advent, that today is the last Sunday of Advent, the last Sunday before Christmas, and we've lit the candles of joy and hope and peace, and today we light the candle of love, and uh, as we light this uh, candle today, uh, it's meant to remind us of the love that God has for each of us, and that Jesus shows us God's perfect love by his birth and by his sacrifice. He's God's love in human form, and the Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have everlasting life. And then from 1 Corinthians 13, love is patient, love is kind, and it envies no one. Love is never boastful or conceited. It is never rude or selfish. Love is not quick to take offense. It keeps no record of wrongs. It does, it does not gloat over other people's troubles, but rejoices in the right, the good, and the true. There is nothing that love cannot face. There is no limit to its faith and its hope, to its endurance, and love never ends. Love never fails. So as we light this candle this morning, we remember that we are called to love like Christ loves us. And as we light this candle, we are reminded that we are called to show that love in the way we treat others. And as I light this candle this morning, Will McDaniel is going to lead us with some music.
Thank you all for leading us so beautifully. Now we invite you to stand and join as we sing together. Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
is the light of this day. Will you join as we continue in worship together? Yeah. 
Thank you. You may be seated. we like to welcome you to this time of worship, whether you're worshiping here in person or worshiping online with us. Thank you so much for being a part of this Christmas celebration. I pray that you and your family are staying healthy and that you're doing well. And thank you again for being here today and watching wherever you may be this time of worship together. Every week, we have an opportunity where we can pray together there's power in prayer. There's been a lot of people praying through this season. And I pray that it won't be just for a season, but that we will continue to pray for one another. That we would pray and see that God would bring a great harvest of souls to know Christ. Lives might be transformed and people might see the light and love of Jesus Christ. And so thank you so much for being here to worship. I thank our children for singing for us today. It's so great to see them. I thank Will McDaniel for doing a beautiful job playing the keyboard. So proud of him. Grateful for all of our musicians, our worship team, and our organists and pianists, a portion of our choir. Thank you all for being here. Those that are in the sound booth and working the screens and the camera, you know, when we have worship, it's a team effort. And I'm so grateful for all the ushers and greeters that bring people in and try to keep you safe. Thank you all so much for being here and, and giving your talents to bring glory to God. And if you're here today and there's a need in your heart, something that you would like to lift up to the Lord, I'm gonna invite you to join me for prayer. You can stand where you are or you can even kneel where you are 
But however the Holy Spirit leads, I invite you to join me as we pray together. May we pray. God, how great it is to worship together, whether it's here in person or, Father, we're grateful for technology that we can worship with people all over the community, the state, and the country. And I know that we have some that even worship in other countries with us. And God, I'm grateful for that. And Lord, this Christmas season, we are so humbled and honored, God, that we can still remember that Jesus is the reason for the season, the reason we celebrate. And maybe, just maybe, God, through this time and season that we've been going through, Maybe our eyes have been opened to see that we had made Christmas too commercial and maybe we had made it too much and too many other things and not focusing on the real reason we celebrate. So Father, I pray that we've been reminded that Jesus is the reason. And Father, today I ask that you would just Forgive me and us of any sin that would hinder our worship. I pray that our hearts would be right with yours. And I pray, God, for folks that are here today and they're hurting. Lord, we have so many that continue to battle sickness or this virus, and I pray for healing to be upon them. We know, God, that you're the great healer and the great physician. Father, we pray for families that are hurting and grieving. We've lost so many during this season. And I pray, Lord, that you would wrap your loving arms around these families and comfort them. And may they know they're not alone. Father, we continue to pray for our military that might be separated from their families this Christmas. We pray for their safety, God, and and that you would just bring them comfort as they're away from family. And Lord, we pray for missionaries that are serving all over the world. And we pray, God, as they're sharing the message of Christ, that you would bring them supernatural strength and comfort and bless their families that are apart from them. And Father, I just pray for this church and all of its ministers and all of its ministries that we might continue, God, to do our best to share the love of Jesus Christ with the world that needs the Lord. And I pray continued prayers for our nation and for our leaders and, Father, for our world that great revival and spiritual awakening would break loose. And may it begin in each of our hearts. Lord, I just ask that this Christmas season that again, we might feel your presence and know, oh God, that with your divine power and strength, we can get through whatever it is we're going through, that all things are possible for those who believe. And Lord, I pray that if there are folks watching today or in this room that have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus, that with all the bad that's happened in 2020, Father, that the greatest thing that could ever happen is that someone give their heart and life to Jesus. Bring good out of all this bad. 
that someone might be saved, or many, even today. And Lord, I pray that again this church would continue to shine bright on this hill. And then when all this is over, God, this church will be filled with people hungering and thirsting after you. So, Father, just continue to move now in this service. Anoint and bless our instrumentalists and musicians as they sing and play. And Father, speak through your word and speak through your servant. And Father, may our hearts and ears and eyes and minds be open to receive you. And we'll give you all the glory and the honor. In the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Luke chapter 2, that very familiar passage, and we'll be reading, uh, begin with verse 8, and grateful again for a portion of the choir being here today, and we'll hear you uh, prayerfully after the reading of God's Word. Begin with verse 8, and there were shepherds living in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace on those whom his favor rests. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
thank you all so much for leading and what a powerful message and song and thank you again for worshiping with us today. I always like to share a little attempted humor to get you ready to listen to more important things. This is especially for the guys. Sure, we can uh, get our wives jewelry or an expensive purse or perfume for Christmas, but she will never forget the Christmas we got her a mop. She will never forget that Christmas that you got her a mop for Christmas. Okay, let me tell you something funnier than that. Let me tell you how my day started. You want to hear how my day started? Well, I, I couldn't sleep, so I got up early. I thought, I'm going to get to church and pray and prepare and you know, I, I didn't want to wake the rest of my family since we had the early service today. And, and I was just having a real desire for a Poppy's uh, cream-filled donut, a, a chocolate long john from Poppy's Bakery. And they're not paying me to, to do a little uh, advertising there, but I thought I'm, gonna, I'm in the mood for it. So I headed down to Poppy's Bakery, and wouldn't you know they were closed today? Uh, they're usually open on Sundays, but they were closed today. And, and so I said, you know what? Maybe even better than that would be a Hardy's country ham biscuit. I said, that's, that's good stuff too. And, and so this is a life lesson for my children and any young drivers or older drivers. As I was uh, <clears throat> coming up Thornhill Bypass and I was turning into the turning lane to go to Hardy's, I had my sermon in my right hand and I was kind of just going over the notes. And, you know, I wasn't texting and driving. I was sermonizing and driving. And I overcompensated. I went over, and there's, there's a concrete meeting about that high right there as you turn in. Wouldn't you know, I hit that thing, and it, my tire, blew my tire. And so I somehow <clears throat> made my way on in uh, Schenkel Lane there, and then there's a little strip mall, and I parked my car across from Hardy's and had to call my wife at 7.15 this morning to get me. And uh, my wife comes, and I'm there just thinking, you know, it was misting, kind of raining at the time, and I was already dressed. I thought, I'll go after church and get my car. And then when my wife got there, I had brought with me a can of Coke from my house, when I got in the passenger side to step up, I guess I sloshed Coke, went all over my white shirt. And uh, my wife said, you still want me to get you a biscuit from Hardy's? I said, no, I don't. I don't want a biscuit, I want a donut. <clears throat> Maybe God's trying to tell me that stuff's not good for me. Donuts and country ham. <clears throat> but that's how my day started. But what I told someone after the early service, there is not a chance that the devil was going to get the victory out of this morning, that I was going to be here today to preach regardless of what the devil threw my way. So I pray today that, and maybe you've had an equally challenging morning. This has certainly been an equally challenging season for all of us. But you know, in 1943, uh, Kim Gannon and Walter Kent wrote a song to honor overseas soldiers who were longing to be home for Christmas. 
And this song would go to be a top 10 hit recorded by Ben Crosby. Now, I asked the early service if they knew what song it was, and they got it wrong. Do you know what song it is? I'll be home for Christmas. They all shouted, White Christmas! No, it's I'll be home for Christmas. Wouldn't it have been something if somebody could have written a song in March, I'll be home for the rest of the year? <laughs> Probably would have been a hit song. But you know, maybe you like I have prayed during this season, God, what are you trying to teach me during all this? What is it that you want me to learn from everything that we've been going through? Is it possible that God has tried to teach us what or who should be most important in our lives? Is it possible that God has tried to say, you need to reprioritize your schedule and make me first place? Is it possible that God wants us to quit majoring in the minor problems of life and keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith? Truth is, we've been at home a lot this season. I bet you many of us have been at home more than in 2020 than we have the last 10 years combined. And it's great being home. I mean, there's a lot of great things about being at home, and I hope you've been able to spend special time with your families. And maybe you've been doing work on your earthly homes, repairs or projects. But I have to tell you this, as great as being in our homes are, these homes are temporary. These earthly dwellings are just temporary. One day, they will be no more. I pray that we would come to understand today, which I've said so many times through the years, we are journeymen, pilgrims, just passing through. This is not our final resting place. This isn't home. Our home is in heaven and eternity. And even these bodies, these earthen vessels, these jars of clay will one day break. They will one day end. But things of God are eternal. And I pray that today God would speak to you and me, open our spiritual eyes about what should be, who should be most important. But in our scripture passage today, we read that familiar Christmas story. We read about the shepherds who were living out in the fields. These shepherds weren't at home. These shepherds would go for months at a time to tend the sheep. And it's very likely that these shepherds were tending the sheep that would be a sacrificial lamb for the temple worship and guides for God. It's very likely that these misfits, these outcasts, which shepherds were, because they were seen as unceremonially clean, because they would have financial transactions with Gentiles. And they also couldn't observe all the hand-washing guidelines. And so they were deemed unclean, and they were not accepted by most people. But yet, it's amazing that these shepherds who were living out in the fields would be the very first to see the spotless, perfect 
Lamb of God through Jesus Christ. That had to be God's divine plan. That these people that were not accepted, regular people, would be the first to see the Lamb of God. And you know, these shepherds, when Jesus was born, they were able to celebrate, but even Jesus was not at home when he was born. He was in a manger. He was in a stable. He, he was in a feeding trough. The King of kings and the Lord of lords would come into the world in such a humble way. But Jesus came into this world that we might experience life and life everlasting. When I think about this Christmas story, and I think about that the glory of the Lord shone around this angel that we know in Luke chapter 1 was Gabriel, and that he would tell these shepherds who were terrified, he would give them a message that's as relevant today as it was then. He said in verse 10, he said to them, do not be afraid. Those were words of comfort. And we all need comfort today, don't we? There have been many of you here and us that have dealt with a lot of fears during 2020. Many of us maybe have been afraid about getting the virus. No one wants to get COVID. Some of you have been there and done that and you've gotten a t-shirt and you've come through it with flying colors and I praise God for that. But yet there have been some who have been afraid of losing a loved one. And we've suffered many losses within our church family in a short period of time. But I love what David said in Psalm 34, verse 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Isn't it comforting to know that God is close to us when our hearts are broken? That's comforting. But some of you are here, maybe you've had the fear about the vaccine that's coming out. Should we take it? Should we not? Is it going to be safe? Is it going to be, are there going to be any side effects? We don't know what the lasting effects of it will be. Will there be harm from it? We've been afraid about the vaccine. Maybe we're scared about the future. Did you know that even before this crazy pandemic, I was already worried about God's church and its future? And now I'm worried and concerned. Are people going to come back when all this is over? Maybe they've gotten very comfortable eating pancakes and, and watching online, which I praise God that we have that. But are people going to come back to God's church? Maybe we've been concerned about our nation. Are we getting farther and farther away from God? And what's going to be the future for our children or your grandchildren? All these have been concerns and or fears for us. But I am so thankful in God's word that many times through scripture, he brought comfort. David said in Psalm 56, 3, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, and the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God 
with us. And I'm so grateful today that we can have comfort knowing that God is with us. How is he with us? He's with us through the presence of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 16, when Jesus was trying to prepare his disciples for when he would go to the cross, he said, I asked the Father to send another advocate to help you and to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So we know that the presence of the Lord is with us through the Holy Spirit, an advocate to help us when our strength is not enough. And so today, the message is clear. Comfort one another by saying we don't have to be afraid. There's something I want to share with you that I shared at the early service. I want you to know through this whole crazy pandemic we've been going through, I've not been afraid. You know, there are people that have said, you know, you got to have faith over fear, faith over fear. My faith has never waned. But let me tell you something. God gives us common sense. To me, it's the same type faith as a snake handler when we haven't taken seriously that people are dying from this terrible virus. It'd be about like me running out here in the interstate and saying, I've got faith this 18-wheeler isn't going to kill me when they run over me. God gives us common sense. Just like I, I have to have faith that when I get up in the morning, when I step my foot on the floor, there's going to be a floor there each morning. But know this, every decision that I and we have made as a church has not been out of fear, but I have a responsibility as the shepherd of this flock to try to keep the sheep safe. That's my responsibility. So I have tried, we have tried to err on the side of caution. I would love to see this church packed every week, but we have tried our best to look out for your well-being and your family. And even these, as I can testify from my own family, do not guarantee that you're not going to get sick. But I'm not afraid because Emmanuel, God, is with us. The angel gave words of comfort, but then also the angel gave words that are a call for joy. He said in the rest of verse 10, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. He was bringing great news. We all want some great good news, don't we, today? We want good news that the children can go back to school. We want good news that you can go back to work, or you may not want to go back to work. You want good news that you can go eat in your favorite restaurant inside with your friends and family. You, you want good news that the guidelines have been lifted. You want good news that you don't have to make a reservation to come to church and you can sit wherever you want and, and be close shoulder to shoulder with it. We all are waiting to get good news. But I have to tell you, the greatest news that the angel was talking about was Jesus coming into the world to show you and me his unconditional love. Did you know that? God loves you and me unconditionally. We can never earn it. We can never be good enough. 
nor can we ever be bad enough that God will stop loving you and loving me. It's possible that you're here today and you've messed up in a royal way. It's possible you've done some bad stuff in your life. We all have. For all have sinned, Romans 3, 23 says, I'm falling short of the glory of God. But I want you to know, no matter how badly you've messed up, God still loves you very much. Nothing can make you stop loving. Just like if one of my children one day rebels and, and they do some stuff they shouldn't, do you think that Kelly and I will ever stop loving them? No. We, will all, we may not approve of what they do, but we will never stop loving them. That's how God is with us, as evidenced in Luke 15 in the story of the prodigal son, that that father never gave up on his wayward child, that prodigal son. He loved him back home, and that's what we are to do. But the great and good news is also a cause for joy <clears throat> when we think about not only his love, but his forgiveness. Maybe you're here today and you need forgiveness. You need forgiveness from anger. You need forgiveness of bitterness. You need forgiveness of hate. You need forgiveness of pride. You need forgiveness of self-will. You need forgiveness of uncontrolled living. What do I mean by uncontrolled living? Maybe uncontrolled immorality. Maybe it's uncontrolled talking. Maybe it's uncontrolled spending, uncontrolled eating. Maybe we need to ask God for forgiveness of these uncontrolled lifestyles that we're living. But know this, 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us or purify us from all unrighteousness. And know today you can be forgiven. And all you have to do is ask him, and he will forgive you no matter what you've done. God loves you, and he will forgive you. But thirdly, know that God has a purpose and a plan for your life. I know right now it's hard to see it, isn't it? We're wondering what God's purpose is and God's plan for our lives. But I love what Acts chapter 13, verse 36 said. It said, and David, after he lived out his purpose, God's purpose in his own generation, fell asleep. Did you hear that? And David, after he lived out God's purpose in his own generation, fell asleep. Other translations say he died. After David did what God called him to do, he went to be with the Lord. And that's like us today. God has a purpose and a plan for all of our lives. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And today I want you to be encouraged. And I want you to know how much God loves you. And he forgives you. And I want to share a couple things with you. I've been trying to run every day. I try to run three to three and a half to four miles every day but Sunday. Unless I miss another day and I make up for it on Sunday afternoon. But number one, it's healthy for me. 
Number two, I'm praying the whole time. It's therapy for me, just being able to get out and, and just breathe in the fresh air and, and just to know that God's presence is all around me. And Friday when I was out running, I was praying. And right as I was almost home, God really impressed in my heart to say this to you as a church family and those of you watching. If I have said or done anything during this season to any of you all to hurt you or upset you, please forgive me. That's the very last thing that I would ever want to do would be to upset or hurt or anger anyone. One of the Beatitudes, Matthew 5, 8 says, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. I want to see God and I want him to use me. And so please forgive me if I have hurt offended or made any of you upset because I'm human and my intention has been pure but sometimes our intention isn't always the greatest when people receive it one way and you meant it another so please forgive me if I've hurt or upset any of you you know to live out my purpose I didn't want to be a pastor I've told you that before I didn't know I was in college Getting close to graduation, I didn't know what God wanted me to do. Changed my major four times, and I was searching, searching for what God's purpose for my life. Eventually, he would call me to serve as a youth minister and to go to seminary and eventually to pastor. But you know what I made up my mind years ago? That whatever God wanted me to do, I was going to use it as a platform to point others to Jesus. I mean, you can wash dishes and still have a purpose in telling people about Jesus. You can sweep floors and be a custodian, and God can use you in a mighty way to tell people about Jesus. You can be a waiter or a waitress. You can be a factory worker. You can be a car dealer. You can work in the grocery store. Whatever you do, you use that as an opportunity to share the light and love of Jesus Christ. And you do it with the best of your might, giving glory to God. But for this season, right now, God has called me to pastor. I may not always pastor, but for this season, he's called me. And yesterday, as I was preparing this message, God's timing is always perfect. As I was studying, working on the sermon, one of our sweet members, one of our deacons, Shella Eagle, sent me a word of encouragement. She sends me words of encouragement often, saying a prayer for me and my family. And yesterday, right as I was working on this sermon, on this exact point, and she didn't even know this, she sent me something that brought me joy. It was a cause for joy. And I hope that you will get a perspective when I'm up here preaching of what you look like sometimes. Watch this video.
told Shell I've seen all those and then some. I could add about 10 more to that list. But the fact is, when Jesus came into the world, this was good news that would cause great joy for all the people. But not only would it be comforting, and not only would it be a cause for joy, but it would be a reason to celebrate. It says in verse 11 that Jesus came, he was born in the town of David, and that he would be the Savior who would be born to save the world from our sin. And, and know today that we have something to celebrate, even though it might be more difficult this year. We know that a Savior has been born to us. He is Christ, or Messiah, the Lord. There are a lot of Jewish people who were looking for a Messiah who would be more of a political head to lift them from the Roman rule. There were other Jews who were looking for someone to heal them of their sickness or their physical hardship. But we know why Jesus came. Jesus came to save you and me from our sin and from death. And when we look at what Jesus came to do, we look at Luke 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And then in John chapter 3, verse 17, this is the verse after verse 16. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. I'm so thankful that God sent Jesus into the world to seek and to save you and me and to save us from our sin. That's a cause to celebrate, that we can be forgiven. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In 2 Corinthians 9.15, But thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And so this is a gift that God gives us through Jesus. And I pray today that you would accept this free gift. You know, Jesus was not born at home. He was born in that manger. But he came down to this earth to become flesh so that he might pay the punishment that we deserve when he died on the cross. And we can never repay him for his mercy and his grace and his love that has shown us. I pray that we would celebrate today in the city of David. A Savior has been born to you, for he is for all the people. He is Christ. He's Messiah, the Lord. But when I think about celebrating, when a baby would be born, usually musicians would come to celebrate. When Jesus was born, there weren't physical people there playing, but angelic hosts were praising God and glorifying God for this King of Kings and Lord of Lords that would be born. You know, this past uh, week as I was praying about God's direction, couldn't help but think about on December 3rd when my family had gathered around my dad as his last moments on this earth were coming to a close and he was getting ready to receive his eternal reward. 
My brothers and me, our family, we were singing hymns of faith. My dad was in ministry for many, many years and, and uh, was a music minister. And so we were singing some hymns of faith. And then we went into Christmas carols. And as we were singing Christmas carols, the very last Christmas carol we sang before my dad would slip into glory was, Oh, come all ye faithful. Couldn't have been more appropriate that he was being called to his eternal home as we were singing, Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. And uh, when he passed around 9.30 on that Thursday night, I have to tell you, it was bittersweet. My humanness is I, I, we never want to give up and give up our loved ones, ever. That's selfishness. But when I thought about that he's going to be reunited with my grandparents, his mom and dad, and siblings that have gone on, and my grandparents on the other side that loved him so much, and my great aunt May May, and, and all the many church members that have passed in recent weeks, they're celebrating. They're a lot better off than we are. We don't want to give them up, but they're, they're having the time of their life. They're really celebrating. And uh, as I was praying this past week and asking for God's direction, there was a knock at my door, and it was one of our church members, Shirley Jenkins, who just lost her husband, Lewis, around about the same time that my dad passed away. And this season, we've lost so many wonderful, committed followers of Christ from this church family. And Shirley came to my door, and she was emotional. She said, I'm sad, but it's hard to be sad. I know Lewis and your dad are up there laughing and having the best time. But she said, but we're sad. We don't want to give them up. And, uh, and then she said, I wanted to give you this, Todd. And she said, I'm, I'm getting copies to give to other families that have lost a loved one during this time. And someone had sent me this in a Christmas card, but then Shirley gave me this. And uh, this is what I want to share with you today. And it's taken, and some of you all have seen it, but it's taken from the perspective of someone spending their first Christmas in heaven. It says, I see the countless Christmas trees around the world below with tiny lights like heaven stars reflecting on the snow. The sight is so spectacular. Please wipe away the tear for I am spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I hear the many Christmas songs that people hold so dear, but the sounds of music can't compare with the Christmas choir up here. I have no words to tell you the joy their voices bring, for it is beyond description to hear the angels sing. I know how much you miss me. I see the pain inside your heart, but I am not so far away. We really aren't apart. So be happy for me, dear ones. You know I hold you dear, and be glad I'm spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. I sent you each a special gift from my heavenly home above. I sent you each a memory of my undying love. After all, love is a gift more precious than pure gold. It was always most important in the stories Jesus told. 
Please love and keep each other as my father said to do, for I can't count the blessings or love he has for each of you. So have a Merry Christmas and wipe away that tear. Remember, I am spending Christmas with Jesus Christ this year. May we pray. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and love to us. And Lord, I know this Christmas is difficult for so many families. But Father, I know that the Joyce Logans and the Barry Winkles and the Carlton Winters and the Lewis Jenkins and the Don Sturgeons and the Z.T. Lesters and others, the Jim Chilton, Lord, that they are all with you and they're celebrating. And Father, they're just wanting us to continue to keep the faith, to keep loving you and to love one another. And Father, I pray that if there are folks here today and they've never given their heart and life to Jesus, that today might be the day of salvation in the midst of all the pain of 2020. Something good could come out of it. Salvation for someone who's lost. May someone give their heart to Jesus today, confessing their sin, asking for forgiveness, inviting you to come to be their Lord and their Savior. May many pray a simple prayer inviting you in today. Lord, I pray for Christians that have gotten off track. We've become angry, bitter, resentful, critical. Oh God, forgive us that we might have a pure heart and that we might love one another and show grace to one another as you have shown grace to us. Lord, maybe there are folks that have been looking for a place to call home. I pray, God, that when all this craziness is over, this place would be filled and overflowing in all of our services and that people would never take for granted the freedom we have to worship and to come together and, and be together through difficult seasons. Help us, oh God, to, to be the people you want us to be and that we would be the church you want us to be. And Lord, if people are looking for a place to call home, I pray that they would join this wonderful family of faith. So Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for being the Savior of the world who not only would come into the war world in the form of a tiny baby that would die a criminal's death on an old rugged cross and that would rise from the grave to show we have victory over sin and victory over death. Help us, oh God, now to receive you and allow you to come into our hearts and we'll give you all the glory for the victory we have in Jesus. In his holy and precious name we pray, amen. I'm going to invite you to stand at this time if you're in this place. And you can join us as you're watching virtually. The Savior is waiting for you and for me. Won't you allow him to come into your heart?
Amen. I want to thank you for joining us for worship today, whether online or here. We pray that God uh, spoke to you and you could feel his presence. I have a couple of reminders for you. This is the Sunday we normally do our annual walk to the manger for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. The manger is out in the foyer. If you have come prepared as you're leaving, you can drop it off. If you did not come prepared today or you're watching, you would like to send it in sometime this week, uh, tomorrow or Tuesday, and then the office will be closed the rest of the week or even the following week, we can still send this in. 100% of these proceeds go to our international missionaries spreading the good news of Jesus. So if you have come prepared, you can uh, drop it in the manger as you're leaving. And then don't forget, if you're on our church email list, we have discussion questions that go along with today's message. You can do them with your family around the table or do it with a friend uh, online. However the Holy Spirit leads you, you're welcome to do that. And then don't forget, this Thursday, Christmas Eve, we will be having a virtual Christmas Eve communion service at 5. And uh, you can prepare your elements at home and or we have ushers that are going to be given out the cup and the wafer here. If you want to take some with you, there's a bag for singles and then there are two in a package for others. But if you want to take the juice and wafer home with you, you can or use again your own elements. But I pray you will join us on Christmas Eve at 5. Maybe you can invite family that live in other states or family that you're not going to be celebrating with this year. Say, we can all do communion together. And ask them to join you at 5 o'clock as it's a beautiful service where we have beautiful music, a message, and share communion together. But thank you, church, for your patience with us and your love and faithfulness. On a personal note, my family and I want to express our deepest gratitude for all of your expressions of love and sympathy that you've shown us during our loss. We couldn't do it without you, but thank you for your love, and please know how much I and we love you back. We love you. I, I have a lot of folks that I've given IOUs for for hugs, so I'm going to hug those of you who want to hug me. You may want to hit me, and that's fine, too. I've got boxing gloves at home, but I am so grateful. I'm so grateful that God is faithful to us. So we pray that you and your family have a blessed and a healthy and a Merry Christmas. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you, if not Thursday virtually, we'll see you next Sunday. Merry Christmas as we sing a closing song. you and Merry Christmas.